Fired up! Oh, Fired here we up. go. And we have a Cleveland Moto podcast uh, for this beautiful July evening in uh, gorgeous, lovely Avon Lake, Ohio. Um, we've got a, a micro cast, a mini cast. It, it, yeah, definitely. No one showed up. No, nobody showed up. Uh, everybody has other summertime events they're participating in. The uh, tonight's podcast is really a strange room. Uh, Dustin Elliott's here. Yes, sir. And of course, Phil Waters, your humble narrator, is here. But Andrea Elliott's here. Say hi. Hello. 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 Andrea is plagued with uh, what did we say it was? Cancer AIDS hiccups. Cancer AIDS hiccups. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Finally left. Oh, did they really? Did they? Oh, I'm that's good. Do you think you're cured? I'm cured. She's I'm cured of the cancer AIDS hiccups. I don't think so. you're cured. I think you got a stealth one. They were herpes AIDS. They were herpes. They were herpes. Herpes AIDS, herpes AIDS uh, have got hiccups. Oof. Yeah. yeah. We'll those, see how it goes. It's a bad way to go. Got a whole those might be worse. Yeah. So we've uh, we've really I mean, we finally have got into our proper early June weather here <laughs> in, in late July. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I'm convinced that all of the seasons, every single season is just happening two months behind where it should be. Right. I'll tell you what, if October yeah. becomes the new August. I mean, I'm totally okay with I it. am yeah. so happy with it. I would like to have a... That would be amazing. Yeah, it would be really nice to have just... Because the whole programming of people, October, November is about my favorite two months. Yeah, you know? totally. Because I can wear all my gear... And I can go out and ride, and there's not as many yahoos on the road. And, you know, the rush season is over. And so it's really just the hardcore that are out enjoying. And I love fall riding. I really do. But if we could end up with, like, a three-month fall as a result of this, I'm in. Yeah, I'm yeah. totally in. Because be I, I have not one well, time... Because the best riding weather ever. Yeah. And because of being so busy this year, we've had this rain, but it hasn't slowed the service department down... So we're very active, but I haven't gone and jumped in the lake that's 400 feet from my fucking house once, not once this year have I gone and jumped in there. And we've had these record well, it's high lake levels. actually been cold. <laughs> it's stayed cold for a long time. We had that late, 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 you know, spring hit. And we've had these lake levels where like our dock that we put in is a foot underwater. So like if we wanted to go do a beach, do a beach blanket podcast, the dock is, you know, Underwater, <laughs> so, you know it's a great photo op though because we did the one up, beach biking podcast. If you stand, well, we didn't have a pier then. We didn't have our dock. We no, have a you dock didn't. now. Yeah, that, and that's right. If you walk out onto the dock and you take the picture from the shore, you look like Jesus because <laughs> you can't tell there's a dock under you. You're walking on, and water. you're walking on water with the city of <laughs> Cleveland in the background. It's a pretty awesome photo shoot. Put the bike out on there to look like the bike is walking Ooh. on water. Ooh, just ride the bike right down I'm the dock. I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Yeah. Well, what I would really think would be fun because it's about three feet deep, deep at the end of the pier. You could get a little, you know, bicycle like a kid's bike and just ride it right out the pier and let ghost ride that thing right into the water. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> so much fun. So uh, a couple of podcast topics I want to talk about tonight is uh, can can you really live with just the one motorcycle? Like because we've gotten such uh. specialized. Yeah. Motorcycles now are so specialized compared to how they were in the 70s and early 80s when you went in the dealership and it was like, motorcycle, it's a CB500. What kind of motorcycle is it? It's a motorcycle. And there were specialized dirt bikes. But really, you turned your CB500 or CB750 into a touring bike. 
<coughs> Otherwise, it was just a does-everything bike. Mm-hmm. And if you look at motorcycle racing from the late 70s and the uh, early 80s, it's kind of funny what the super sport bikes were of the day. They were just a bike with a flat number plate where the headlight used to be. You know, that much, was yeah. kind of what it was. So, But now with motorcycles being so specialized, and I deal with people every day who come in and they're like, well, I've got the... You know, the BMW GS for my adventure riding, and I've got my, you know, ST1100 for my touring, my sport touring, and then I've got my, you know, KLR650 for my dual sport. Dual sport. There's three bikes, man. Like, I understand we live life pretty good here in America, but when your average biker or motorcycle enthusiast owns three bikes, last night I was at... This event that we do down Vintage Japanese Motorcycle Club gets together at Hardy's. <laughs> Going right. Is Andrew already out? Come on. I'll be back. I swear. All right. All right. We'll try to steer the conversation towards you. <laughs> the, uh, you can meet it halfway. But yeah, I'm out there talking to these guys. I took the Eldorado out last night with the big fat loud pipes on it, and the uh, and I'm talking to these people, and, and everybody who was there. All the guys that were there are multi-bike owners. There's nobody there that's on their only fucking motorcycle. And they're like, oh, I've got this. Well, I also have this, or I could have brought that, or whatever. So the enthusiasts here, I think in our country, what we have is we have people that dabble into motorcycling. They just have a bike, you know? They're just like, they happen to own a bike. Yeah. And then there's enthusiasts, and those are guys that are never, ever not looking to buy a bike. And I think a lot of our listeners might fall into that category of, like, they're always looking at buying a bike. I think every one of our friends right. fall into that category. Yeah, they're always talking you know, about, like, man, I saw you do, this, I, I saw do. that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think I've just bought the bike that's going to solve every problem I've ever had and uh, go with me everywhere I need to go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, next year, two years from now, uh, there might be another bike. Steve Hofford, who owns five or six bikes. Oh, he is the quintessential. Right. Multi, <laughs> multi-bike, yeah. purpose bike owner thing. And, I mean, he does tour. He does ride. He goes long distances. He really does, you know, walk the walk. But, you know, he sat here on the podcast and told us how the Honda NC700X could be his perfect bike ever. And then two weeks later, he sold it. Yeah. Right. And, and bought a Mana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's just Which is really, now his new perfect bike. It is now his new perfect bike. And I do love that bike, too. I don't know if I would say that, like... It is difficult to say if I had to choose but one motorcycle. Only one one bike. Forever. And you, you know, your DRZ is making you really, really happy right I now. I love that bike. So it much is- so that I saw the FZR is being advertised... For $1,000. Yes. For a running... To get it out of the fucking garage. For a titled running... Titled running... In the 100 horsepower neighborhood 600cc sport bike. Yep. You, you're charging the princely sum of $1,000. 1000 bucks. God. Yeah. And you'd think like... $1,000 is big TV money. $1,000 is... Lousy bicycle money, like middle of the road bicycle right. money. It's shitty Chinese scooter money, but or, it's fantastic sport bike. It's money. really good. I have a motorcycle I can ride every day and go 130 miles an hour on. Plus, plus for <laughs> for grand, you know. So the market right now in your garage is get this thing out of here and put a thousand dollars where it used to be parked. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, I put that out there on on Facebook. Yeah, to to our friends, right. Your limited audience, yeah. 
uh, because I don't want to do Craigslist on the bike because the price point on the bike is low enough that I'm going to get all the asshole punters out. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be like, you know, if I put that bike up on Craigslist for 1800 I would yep. get every punter from fucking Illyria. Or anywhere. To yeah. come down here. Right. And just want to see what's in my garage. They want to see what's in your garage. They you know, want to I, test I would ride to, it. I, I would have to ride that bike out somewhere to meet people. Just to not have people come to my house. And I would because, also debate that half the people that came out to look at it didn't have $1,000 to spend. Yeah, exactly. You know? you know, and they would just fight me down on the price anyway. Right. But so I to make put, your life more simple. I put it out to our friends right. on, on Facebook, uh, you know, for 1000 bucks. It is come buy this bike. It's really funny how a bike that is, we've all ridden it. Yeah. It's a running good bike. It's great. It's a great bike. It it's, does what it's, it's supposed to do. It's fast as fuck. It's, yep. it's, it's insane. It's a great bike. I mean, you rode that thing down to mid-Ohio. Yeah. I mean, it's a battle-proven... It can do a two-hour run, two-and-a-half-hour run with no problems. I mean, it doesn't overheat. It doesn't wiggle. It doesn't wobble. Nope. It just runs great. And that being said, it's still sitting here. I know. (laughs) Which is bizarre. I know. I can't believe... I I have a few uh, interested parties mm -hmm. that uh, a a couple people have... Talk to me about, like, hey, I might want that bike. Right. Uh, so I'm waiting to hear from them. Call me it. tomorrow and remind me, because a young person called the shop today that said he was looking for a sub-$3,000 good rider. And you and know hey, what? If, if you can sell that bike for more than a right. grand, well, we'll do you it. can take every, yeah. every yeah. amount you sell above that price is yeah. yours. And you know what? That might be what we do. Yeah. You know? Throw it out the shop, because I always have people punting in. And if I take that to the Menor store with the people with the traffic that we get from yeah. Tyler Boulevard, I'm going to assure you that we could ask two grand and whatever they throw down is good. Yeah. And you, you know? take it, it, yeah. everything above what I yeah. want for it is it, in fine. my pocket. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. And that might be the right environment. As long as I make it clear to people, it's a consignment bike and our yeah. shop doesn't have to stand behind it. Yeah. You, you know, it's yours, it's yours. And that's, you know, that's the maybe buyer is, you know, that, because I do get a lot of exposure with that. There are, I do get a ton of people that are looking for that super cheapo bike. And we just don't have super cheapo uh, bikes. Yeah. That's a, a, a fucking amazing super cheapo it bike. It is an amazing super cheapo. And I've just, like I said, I've just been avoiding Craigslist with it because I just don't want that crowd yeah. coming down to my house you know, every day like, oh, let's see this bike you have. Well, and that, and that can be really be frustrating. The, uh, the one thing from a tech tip standpoint... You know, we're going to move a little faster today because we don't have the whole crew. We don't mm-hmm. have the whole peanut gallery. But we uh, we have some experience. We had an experience with a motorcycle the past couple of weeks at the shop. The guy the guy did a... He pulled a bonehead move. He has a perfectly good running motorcycle. He's an older guy. He's got a perfectly good modern running motorcycle. But he just got it in his head. He wanted to buy an older bike on Craigslist. Ooh. So he did what they do. And he bought like an $800 1981 Yamaha XS650. That yeah. was like a Ranwin Park kind of thing. Not too bad a bike. And it's pretty ugly. It's got the high handlebars. It's got a big giant king queen seat it's on the, it. It's the special. Sissy bar. It's a special, yeah, it's you know. Special. It ain't real pretty. And, uh, but, like, first problem he had was the bike that had the perfect title, well, it turns out it didn't have such a perfect title. And so he had to battle with that for a few weeks. He brought it to our shop and said, look, I, you know, I just got this and... You did right with me for my my motorcycle. Can you get this get this running for me? You know, 
yeah, I know how to work on bikes, but I'm, you know, retired. And I don't want to dick around with it, so get this running for me. Well, it's, what, 1981, so that's like 34 years old, right? right? So it's a 34-year-old motorcycle with only 3,600 miles on it. So you know this bike has sat far more than it's run. And right off the bat, what do you do? Well, you yank those carbs off of there. So you yank the carbs off, and they were what you'd think. They were just, <clears throat> they were just junked up and nasty and terrible. Yeah. We clean the carbs all out, get rebuild kits, put rebuild kits in. Uh, the rear brake's a uh, disc brake. <clears throat> it was completely locked up and wouldn't move at all. So we tear the disc brake apart, completely rebuild the rear and the front brakes, so now it stops. Rebuild kit's there. That's not cheap. Go through all the labor of replacing all that. That's not cheap. But the bike is still definitely not running right. Mm. And it was almost not running on the right cylinder. And, I mean, left cylinder, strong as an ape, pulls good, but the right cylinder, not so happy at all. So then you start getting into that whole, like, well, why is it not running right? We know the carbs are rebuilt right. We know it's getting gas. We know it's getting spark. We retimed it, set everything up right, got it perfect. But God damn it, we're still not getting a good explosion on the right-hand side at all. And it's acting like it's, like, corked up. Well, here's a good thing to think about, guys. A 34-year-old exhaust system? <laughs> exhaust systems, like... Factory pipes are just like sheets of sheet metal welded to each other inside a metal can that are just waiting to rust out. Like, they rust. You can't stop condensation. Condensation never stops. Well, turns out we took his exhaust system off, which has got a big, ugly crossover on it. It's really heavy. And we shook the exhaust system, and the right side of the muffler system was just clatter, 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 clatter. <laughs> and like eight ounces of rust is coming out of it. And we completely cleaned his gas tank and did all the stuff you got to do. But sweet Jesus, we figured at this point that exhaust system is not helping the situation. Well, on those bikes, you can't just slide the pump mufflers off. They're welded on. Like the whole thing is welded from the headers all the way to the tips of the tailpipes. So we get hacking and we cut, 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 cut. We slip on some nice MGOs. Put some MGOs on there, and now we start it, and it's like 50% better. Now the right cylinder is firing, I would say, 30% of the time. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, when you're doing all that, you get really frustrated, because now we got nice exhausts that are breathing correctly. We've got great fuel, we've got great <clears throat> spark, but we're still not getting anything fun happening on the right-hand side. And we adjusted the valves to spec. I mean, we perfectly adjusted the valves. You know what you can't ever know is there is carbon and corrosion. So oxidation inside a motor creates all kinds of problems. And we had to soak the thing in kerosene for a number of days before we got the rings to free up enough to get a good compression check across both cylinders. The right cylinder was still kind of shitty weak on the compression. What that bike needed... Before it ever started getting better, was it just needed to be put into a running condition, even left cylinder only, right cylinder only 50% of the time. The more we went out and exercised the bike and just ran it and got it hot and let it cool down, ran it and got it hot and let it cool down again, it started to run better. A little bit better. A little bit better. Every time, a little bit better. Well, what we finally gave up and did 
was we disconnected the left spark plug, the good one. Mm. So it was only able to run on the shitty running right cylinder. And as soon as we disconnected that left spark plug and gave it some beans, you should see the shit that blew out of the tailpipe. Because <laughs> once it got heat and once it was relying <clears throat> on the right cylinder and we made some violence happen in there, there was so much carbon and coke in that cylinder. Now, you can't get in there unless you pull the head off, and that's a whole new kind of payment. Yeah, that's... A- that's now... Nobody's going to pay for that. And sure as shit, by running the bike on the right cylinder only and just stroking it and getting it good and hot and then shutting it down, we eventually freed up enough shit on the inside. <clears throat> and we were soaking it. So we'd uh, run it for a while, and then we'd pull the plug, let it cool down, and we'd spray it with ACF-50 to yeah. let that attack the stuff inside on a good hot cylinder. And, yep, it took about four or five days but four or five days of doing that and honking it hard for four or five days, I will bet you now that that right cylinder is putting out about 70 or 80% of what it should be. <laughs> and I think that what that is is, you know, that's the deposits on the valves. That's the deposits on the valve stems and the, you know, the guides and everything that's been yeah. sitting. So keep that in mind, guys. If you're buying a 30-year-old bike that doesn't have a lot of miles on it, that sitting in condensation environment is really, really bad for it. And also, the carbon deposits and the coke and all that shit, really, really, over time, that stuff gets to be like a metal. I mean, it's carbon. It's, it's really in there. Yeah, it's, it, it's totally a thing. It's not going to come out easy. And it didn't come out easy. And it really, really fought us. And now the problem is, Mr. I bought an $800 bike on Craigslist. It's doing <laughs> what? Well, what? How much are you going to charge me? And I could never charge this guy the actual number of hours I have into this bike. Because if I charged him the actual numbers of hours I had into the bike, oh my God. You know? <laughs> the next time you complain about a motorcycle shop charging you $70, $80, $90, an hour, just remember, they only get paid for about half of the hours they actually put into shit. Meanwhile, the landlord doesn't care. He wants his rent money. The, yeah. the power company wants their power money. The gas company's the same way. And uh, the employees that work there all, they want to get paid too. So it's uh, it was terrible bringing this bike back from the dead. It did not come back at all the way we wanted it to. Now it's finally okay. And it's still terrible to ride because those stupid anti-aircraft gunner handlebars. <laughs> God, what the hell was going through people's minds in 1981? It's a terrible bike to ride. Like, you could fix it. You could replace all that shit and make it, like, handle better. But right now it's not enjoyable at all. When he gets this bike back, compared to riding his, like, brand new three-year-old Yamaha cruiser bike, Mm -hmm. he's going to just hate this thing. Like, he's going (laughs) to so regret, he's going to so regret buying a 30-year-old bike, because it's just, oh. And I hope he learns a lesson, you know? I hope he tells his friends, because it's just, oh, what a horrible experience. So you got, you got anything lined up? Trips, fun, adventure. Uh, actually, not really. The uh, Moto Guzzi Rally is going to be down in Zanesville, and that's really? going to be September uh, Labor Day weekend. Okay, so that's a good one. You know, they, that's a good time. They yeah. throw on. I good... mean, uh, we also have Cleveland Mods vs. Rockers. Well, Mods vs. Rockers is coming up <clears throat> not this weekend, but next weekend, and this podcast will be dropped by then. Yeah, so we remember, do, and, and we do need to actually mention yeah. uh, that there has been a, a, a change in location. That's oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. So what did they do? They changed it. Uh, it, you know, it didn't happen uh, for uh, what was it at the uh, 
The Spitfire. Spitfire. Spitfire, Thank right, you. right. It was yeah. at the Spitfire. But now it's at the Sachsenheim. Right, the Sachsenheim. Sachsenheim. And, uh, is that, is the that Saxon, how they say it? <laughs> yeah, the, the Sachsenheim or Sachsenheim. Uh, the Sachsenheim, that's a district in uh, Frankfurt. Okay. It's a historical uh, bar crawl district in Frankfurt. But the Sachsenheim is the old German American hall that's on uh, not Puritus, or is it Puritus? It's one. It's that. Uh, it's like at Ridge and. Uh, shit. Oh shit! Doesn't matter. We'll put it. We'll put it in the show notes. Fuck it. Just yeah. yeah. Google it. Soxenheim, God damn it. Soxenheim <laughs> Hall in Cleveland. It's on the west side. It's right around. That where, is where Mods vs. Rockers will be. Right. It's about West 65th and uh, and and there. Apparently, uh, they have good parking there. They do. They have a nice big yeah. parking lot. It's huge. About For half of bikes. it is about half of it is gravel. But you can survive it. Trust me, it's better than mud, and uh, you'll you'll have no problem there. And, and it might a, be entertaining. And it's walk, a big to, to watch the punters fall. Yeah, it's a big, big hall. They've got a giant stage. Um, the guy that runs it, he does probably twenty eight different mm. varieties of chicken wings, and they're all good and they're cheap. You get like a pound of wings for like three or four bucks. Nice. So it's a good. Uh, that's a good time. So I guess that's going to be Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then we're in a Friday night is the meet and greet at Porco. At Porco, right? Yeah, at least Porco. that's still the same. Yep, that's so. all the same. And, and, and actually, that's I gotta admit, the meet and greet at Porco is usually my favorite part of it. It is so much fun. You know, my favorite part of my source rockers. Porco I, sets I, up a secondary bar up on the hill, and just all the bikes up on the hill. It's, and there's yeah, it's, it looks it's really so cool. Fun. Yeah, it's really neat. The bikes are all up on the hill, and they now have paved everything. So, whereas in previous years, you know, Porco, Porco has been steadily improving their parking lot because they need to. Friday nights at that place are not before the before we get there. There's already like 200 legit paying customers. So these poor people are going to get invaded. I mean, <laughs> oh, I feel terrible for anybody that's going to be like, I'm going to. They have might a, not want to show up in that. I'm going to have a romantic evening with this girl I'm dating, and we're going to go suck down some $16 tiki drinks. And I'm going to get her just lubricated enough to think I'm pretty. And, and yeah. now there's and 300 now bikers. 300 dudes show up on loud bikes. Yeah. And, uh, and are drinking cans of beer. So, the, uh, <laughs> and they'll have, you know, they do a lot with the Mill Street Brewery, which is our friend Steve Abrams up in are Toronto. They, are, oh, are they doing that? I don't, know if Steve, I don't know if Steve's going to be here. I think they've got a conflicting event. But I can tell you there'll be plenty of Mill Street there. And it will be attractively priced for people who just want to suck back a beer or cool. two. The, uh, they'll probably be running that, that weird upstairs bar. Mm-hmm. That bar that is, like, in the motorcycle parking area. Yeah. Because what's more convenient well, than Well, that putting, was great last year. Yeah, putting an actual bar in the motorcycle parking area. It was awesome. It's convenient. I didn't step foot in, in into Porco no, at all. No, no. I mean, it's, it's last pretty... Last year. It's very convenient. And uh, so that's nice because it's right downtown. It's on West 25th Street. For people who come from out of town, it's a beautiful view of the city. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great location. And so that's Friday night, and then uh, we all love Porco. So ding 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 ding, ding go to Porco. Um, somebody went from Por- went to Porco last week and said they heard about us on the podcast. They were visiting from out of town. Nice. And once again, of course, Stefan and all the people at Porco were like, "This guy came in and said that he heard about us on the podcast." <laughs> I was like, "Ah, that's magic." It's probably because we talk about Porco on every podcast. on every. Well, it's because we do love that place. Because if you're going to drink on a motorcycle, you should at least drink well. The, uh, the, you know, it, it's just a quality beverage. The, then that's Saturday, and then Saturday at 10 
They're going to say, meet up at about 10 at either your choice of the Lakewood store. I saw 1 o'clock. Well, I don't think that's right. But the, the idea is the rides are going to depart at noon. Now, if that changes, <clears throat> let's know about it. But I'm almost positive because last year the rides departed at 10 a.m. And that's way yeah. too early. That was no fun for anybody yeah, who was last, having a good time the last night before. I saw it was 1 o'clock. Okay. Well, I'm okay like, with that, too. I was like, hey, that's great. But the point being, if you get there at 10, I mean, I'll do my part and I'll have the stores open at 10. Mm-hmm. And we'll have the stores open at 10. You can look around, browse, do what you want to do. There's a beautiful coffee shop nearby. The Menor store will have a food truck there. You know, we'll be well supported. I might even bring in a couple of porta potties just to make things easier for people. Hey, you know? all right. Just, just to make it a little more comfortable. Uh, the now that ride out, the noon ride out, uh, the East Side ride is going to be led, led, uh, led by Jesse Noblet. So Jesse's mm-hmm. going to run the East Side ride. He always does a great job with that. We're not a hundred percent who's going to be running the West Side ride. It could be John Mecklefresh, who's you know oh, cool. one of our you know podcast dudes, and uh, John will run that uh, the ride from the West Side or somebody else, but. And so the ride's going to go out. And if, if you plan on the ride being probably two hours, you'll be happy. Yeah. And the thing about the ride leaving at uh, the thing about the ride leaving at noon gives you plenty of time to get your breakfast, get your shit together, <laughs> make sure your bike is full of gas. Yeah. All the things that we had trouble with people last year who were last minuteing everything. So this way they'll have plenty of time to get ready. And that's that helps a lot. The uh, then Sunday there'll be some sort of a survivor's ride. So I'm gonna go ahead and look it up here. We'll get the uh, we'll kind of give you what the uh, according to Facebook what the event is. And the uh, the biggest thing that we got to remember is you guys are responsible for your own fun. Do not <laughs> yeah don't come here and expect people to hold your dick for you. That's not what we do. Uh, it's really about... Are you reading, like, official... No, no, it's not our official... That's not our official manifesto. No. <laughs> We're not saying we will only... We, we guarantee... Nice. We refuse to hold hold dicks. But we don't. Uh, that... <laughs> we will still hold dicks. Don't worry. <laughs> For those who desperately need it. The, uh... Oh, so, the Grovewood. That's the Survivor's Brunch. Is at the Grovewood? So that's oh, okay. that. Yeah, that's cool. And, uh, so that's, that's a good damn time. The what I would tell you is the Soxenheim is uh, I'm going to give you the details for the Soxenheim because that is the uh, Saturday event and that's on Denison, so that's 70th and Denison. It is Denison. Yeah, yeah. It's Denison. That confuses me. So that's that. So you guys, if you need any more information, just go to Mods versus Rockers Cleveland. It's Cleveland Mods versus Rockers on the Facebooks. Um, it's very easy to find. We'll put it in the show notes. But it is definitely worth coming out for. Uh, you're going to have a good time. Unless you want to be a dickhead and not have a good time, you're probably then you'll probably have a terrible time. But the uh, but as far as an event goes, I probably it's one of my favorites. You know, it is. It's, it's right up event. there. So it it is a great time, and people will have a good time. Um, there's over a thousand fucking people have liked this event, so that says something. That's kind of neat. And have uh, committed to go, so... Right, that's really, that's really neat. I, didn't, I did not expect we'd have that many more. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, it doesn't really say right on here what time the rides leave, but I'm not seeing it. You know, they're probably... Uh, last time I looked, it was one. Yeah, probably more going on. But the uh, it's 
Oh, the website's back up. Yay! The, uh... Yeah, let's see here. No pre-registration this year. Yes! That's awesome. That is so much yeah. easier. Pre-registration is always a pain in the ass. Uh, just show up and buy your goddamn t-shirt and pin or whatever. You know, Patch, get your souvenirs, get whatever it is you got, and and that's cool. If you do want to have a booth, uh, if you want to have a booth, call call us now. Contact yeah. Melissa Meixner. the The link is on the Facebook page. If you want to have a booth, you got some cool swag you want to sell, or maybe you got a truck full of motorcycle parts you really need to get rid of. Get a booth, man. They're cheap. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be a sponsor or anything. Just call her and get your shit set up because. It really, uh, it, there's a lot of people that come to this event, so really can't miss it. The, uh, trying to think about, uh, the Sunday thing, sometimes I'm too hungover for the Sunday thing. I'll admit. I, you know, I usually yeah. have too much going on. Yeah, on I'm Sunday. happy it's, the Grovewood is nice, because the Grovewood is a, a good location that'll be able to handle us, and, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a good setup. Like, trying to meet the survivor's ride for me is actually an effort. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not that I'm too hungover to get there, but I just there's have, just a lot going. I on. I just have too much shit going on yeah. on Sunday, right? Yeah, it's definitely a good thing. But if I can make it this year, I will definitely make. Yeah, it. it's 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 a good time. The uh, I gotta apologize again for anybody who happened to listen to the uh, Mid Ohio podcast in the bus. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh. for what? Come on! Oh god, that was horrible. <laughs> that was. Terrible! Oh god, what a horrible podcast! Uh, it, oh, that was terrible. That I mean, it, man, I feel bad for people who are like, <laughs> "Look, man, we we went to this thing on the weekend. We listened to a podcast. You got to download it." They listen if that's the only podcast they ever listened to of us. They are so screwed. Uh, that, 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 that's just a terrible, terrible podcast. It's so <laughs> it was, not cool. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it just wasn't awesome. The uh, it was just a. It was just a shit... Sh- I mean, it was a shit storm. It was, a, it was so bad. It was the epitome of You know what? In storm. fact, if you amazing. could tell somebody what is the worst way to do a podcast, that should be a cautionary tale. Yeah. Pull a bus up. Yeah. And, and, and just throw the doors open, yeah. throw the lights on, and be like, come on in. Come on. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's, we're recording. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, right. The uh, it, it so is. And in the future... <laughs> so good, though. In the I future, I think when we do that, we need to like make sure ahead of time... That we're like, okay, who wants to be involved in the podcast? Great, come into the bus and now Let's lock the, the door. fucking door. <laughs> That's it. Also, going back to our campsite after the podcast, mm-hmm. every time the bus would hit a bump, I would hear four hundred beer bottles just shift from one side of the bus <laughs> to the other. There were hundreds of beer bottles in the bus. The bus, it was ridiculous. It's its inconceivable that that many beers could have been drunk in that, like, three-hour, four-hour window of time. Everyone, whenever they finished the beer, they just put it down. They were just putting it down. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, and they don't realize that this is a vehicle and it will move someday. <laughs> this is not a living room. This isn't just, like, a, a garage. No. Every single bottle that was sitting there, just the first bump we hit was just like, clatter, 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 clatter. This is so bad. I yeah. honestly don't know how I ended up in the seat that night. Oh, yeah. 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 Like when we went to bed. Yeah. To, to in, quote bed. Big, I'm, I'm making big giant quotes right yeah. now. Bed in the bus yeah. is take two school bus seats, put them next to each other so that they are now one long school bus seat, and then try to sleep on that. 
And the well, bus you and was, Chris got those. Well, the bus was listing to the right because of where we pulled in. So Chris, being the early to bed guy that he is, he got the good seat where when you rolled, you just rolled into the back of the seat. You know, you're just rolling towards the seat. <laughs> I got the seat that when you tried to roll anywhere, and the seat's only like 12 inches wide, you just roll right on the floor. Now, you were in the chair. I, yeah, I, I sat down on the was chair. Was that the gravity chair? Uh, it was a chair just like... Oh, it was just a camp chair. Yeah, just camp oh, chair. yeah, yeah. I, I sat down and passed out at some point. Yeah, and that was just it. So in the podcast, when you listen to that, you'll hear a point where you're like, where did Chris go? Oh, he's probably taking a nap or whatever. We were making fun of him because he, he crashes out early. He campsite. No, he went back to the back wheel of the bus. He went. He, he literally walked around the bus. He wasn't feeling very good. He smoked a cigar. He said it was too tight in the bus. There, was, there wasn't enough fresh air moving around for him. He walked out of the bus. He, I, he may or may not have puked. I don't know. But he said he went back and laid down next to somebody's tent and, like, took a disco nap on the ground. <laughs> really? And then got up and walked back in, but we'd already been done recording by then. And he said he lost his Moto Guzzi hat, his Moto Guzzi uh, baseball cap. Well, he texted me asking while, for it. while we were doing the podcast yeah. saying that he walked back to our campsite. There you have it. Yeah. So he did. He he totally punched it out and had a nap, and you know, he just doesn't have the wheels for the for the end of the run. The uh, the one email I got uh, this week, I got several emails about the podcast, but you know, if you want us to read them on the air, they got to be better. But the uh, so tune up your emails, guys. The uh, <clears throat> but the one guy, uh, God man, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find it for you, but the uh, we do get a lot of recommendations for you know. The uh, this John wrote, "Hey Phil, you did a podcast about the most expensive motorcycles to ma- maintain. How about on the least expensive motorcycles to maintain?" Oh. So we're going to work on that, John. That's an excellent podcast suggestion. We're going to we're going to get that one cranking because that's a that's an excellent suggestion. There, uh, there's. I'm, I'm going to start with DRZ 400. Well, do I mean, <laughs> hey, come on. And then somebody else said. Uh, uh, tell Dustin he's got to not drink so much because by the end of the uh, by the end of the podcast his slurring is so bad it makes even him embarrassed. <laughs> he goes as a as a as a many year drunk. He said even the, the slurring at the end of the podcast even makes him feel embarrassed. I was like, well, come on. Well, tell him I've been working on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. Come on, damn it! If we can get the podcast launched earlier. Dustin works hard. He's got to be at work all these mornings. God damn it. He can't He can't just hit his stride at midnight. <laughs> no. Yeah. And you add alcohol to that. Come on. Oh, that's Jesus actually Christ. a funny quote. It's I a like, funny quote. I like that. He said, as a, as, a, as a drunk, it makes him feel embarrassed. Oh. Oh, well, I feel so well, bad. Well, tell him I'm working on it. I'm, well, you, I'm, you know. I'm trying to not be so drunk during our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I just don't know... By the time I realize, and I listen to the podcast, I can definitely tell on the podcast when I'm listening to him how bad I am, you know, in <laughs> yeah, retrospect. No. And then I think back, I was like, oh, a week ago, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I showed up kind of in the bag. Yeah. Like, I showed up in the bag, and then the one or two more I had getting ready didn't help the situation. Well, I, you know, I'm the same way when yeah. I, I, I have to, like, mix these and, and produce them. Yeah, to, yeah, to get them up, out. yeah. And when I, I, I don't listen to the whole podcast. Yeah. 
you know, but I listen to certain segments of it, and, like, sometimes I'm, like, really fucking embarrassed about how I you sound. Haven't, you haven't figured out... A, <laughs> I listen to myself, I'm like, I said what? You have... You Seriously? You have to figure out a way to synthesize a slur filter. So it, like, takes the slur and tightens it. Like, compresses it. <laughs> I know. If I made that, I could make a million dollars in the audio you, industry. You could. You really could. The slur filter. You could, you could make it all back on just, like, Gary Busey. Oh, completely, yeah. Just sell that to him. It could be a little box he wears around his neck. (laughs) It's it's like auto-tune. (laughs) Auto-tune. That's great. It would be a real-time fucking device. It would be like auto-drunk. Auto-drunk. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me put this. I I got to put this on real quick. Thank you. So, uh, no, I'm not drunk at all. I've been fine all day. And then the batteries start failing, and you're just kind of like... Well, I don't understand I'm what you're talking about. No, 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 really. That's a concise point you're making. Fuck this. <laughs> I'm hammered, but all of a sudden I sound extremely great. <laughs> and you could just have little filters for, like, you know, Victorian dandy. <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, my God. It'd be yeah, great. it would be fun. It would be so much fun. We had a million-dollar idea at the shop the other day because, you know, one of the secret weapons about having Emmy as your mechanic is that Emmy is a small person who has tiny hands. So she can get the float bowls off of a Yamaha Virago without taking the carburetors off of a Yamaha Virago. <laughs> <laughs> and that is no small feat. That's a skill. It's a fucking skill. That's an amazing and skill. And what I said was, we should create, because we know enough machinist friends and like people who can build shit, we should create a line of specialized tools for just working on Japanese motorcycle carburetors. And we'll call them Tiny Hands Tools. That'll be their, their trade name, Tiny Hands Tools. Because people always say, what do they say, man? you got to have really tiny hands to work on this bike. And you'd be like, oh, I just so happen to have a box of Tiny Hands Tools right here. And we'll do like a nice little fitted case. That actually would be an amazing thing right. to just work, to, to create a set of tools. Oh, yeah. If, to work on Japanese carburetors. If I had a ratchet handle, a little tiny, super low-profile ratchet handle that could have a JIS bit in it, where the JIS bit was pointing perfectly vertical, but it was one of those yeah, friction, friction-based friction ratchets, so there wasn't steps in it, so that you wouldn't have to turn it a full click to get it to work. And I had one of those, but everything was shrunk down, and the handle was like 19 inches long, so I could get into the second and third carburetors. So take float bowls off, because the float bowls are a bitch to get off. I think that's an amazing idea. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. to just create those tools. Or like the world's tiniest <clears throat> impact driver, so that like you can literally hold it there and it just goes, burp, burp, and it gives the, just the, that amount of impact to those four float bowl screws, so they just go, burp, 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 and they come right out. Well, because if you think about it, like, we fucked these motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, there's... Hundreds, if not thousands, of other dudes fucking mm-hmm. with these motorcycles. Oh, yeah. So, if we created that tool, I own... We could yeah. sell this tool to a lot of people. I own all the Motion Pro tools for, like, reaching around corners to adjust air-fuel mixture screws. Mm-hmm. Right? I own them all. Because they fucking work, you know? Now, you got to own six of them to get to the the one that you need. That's fine. But boy, if I had a whole rack of little tools that were just all about getting carburetors apart, because God, they're a pain in the dick. If you can just if you can get them apart without removing them from the bike, you're so far ahead of the game. But yeah, you know, 
around here, honestly, around here, if the carb bowl's got to come off, the rack's got to come off too because they're so bad. They're, you're not going to get them that are just a little bit dirty. I listen to Misfits podcast and stuff. Motorcycles Misfits are like, oh yeah, so you know, we just had to clean the carburetor and we pulled the flip off, squirted some stuff in there, cleaned it out. I was like, we've never had a carburetor that was that undirty. <laughs> we've never had a carburetor that was like that, just slightly dirty, that we could clean it like that. Yeah. No, no. These things come off and they go in an ultrasonic for a day or two, you know, and we're shooting, you know, strange chemicals at them and drilling them apart because they, they're literally, half the time they've been sitting for 20 years. So, you know the carb clean I had that was that easy was uh, that FCR. The FCR, right. Because it, it was, I, I took the carbs off of that, and I, I took them apart, right. and, and they were just like, great. Well, that bike went from running mm-hmm. to stasis to running yeah. in like a period of a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. So it really uh, didn't the, have... The biggest thing uh, about that bike was uh, cleaning the mouse house out of the airbox. Man. It has been a year for mouse houses. Yeah, once yeah. I got the mouse house out of the airbox. Very popular for the mice this year. You know, yeah. clean out the, uh, clean the carbs, clean the whole airbox, yeah. everything out. That thing fired right up. That's the reason I didn't have any air conditioning in my La Sabre. I had no air conditioning <laughs> in La Sabre. The La Sabre. I put two cans of R134 into it. Because, you know, we were getting to the point where it was like, man, if this AC doesn't work, I'm going to have an uncomfortable world. Because I used that with the trailer to go pick up the bikes. <laughs> and it's such a plush ride for going across town sometimes. And I like a little bit of luxury, too. And so I put two cans of refrigerant in it, and I eventually gave up, punted out, and handed it off to Shane. And Shane said, you know, oh, yeah, your compressor's not working. No, that's not a cheap fix. Well, turns out, compressor was fine. The mouse had gotten into under the fuse box. Ha! <laughs> under, not the fuse box. No, no, the area under the fuse box. And the mouse had chewed up a bunch of shit under the fuse box, so it was a, just a, you know a number of uh, a number of wiring splices that had to be made, and that's a good tip for like the fall when you put your bike up, man. You got to make sure you got your garage free of mice. I don't care what it is, make sure there's no mice, and uh, you will have a miserable time if you get a lot of rodents in your garage. The uh, the. Uh, Oh, bear with me for a second. I'm thinking. Wow, dead air. Doesn't happen usually. <laughs> the uh, the Triumph dealer mm-hmm. down in uh, northern Ohio, Ducati, down in Akron, this weekend is uh, doing. They're doing their demo rides for the Triumph Ducati. Or I'm sorry, just for the Ducatis, the Ducati Scramblers, and everything else. Oh, nice. And so a lot of our friends went down there to finally get. They're, they're finally opening this up to let, let people ride the Scramblers. They have a bunch of them down there. You can pre-book uh, some time to go down and ride the Scrambler. We did a demo ride a couple of weeks ago here in town uh, at our shop for all the Gootsies. And we had like 16 or 18 people come out and ride Gootsies. And it was really fun to see people that had never ridden one before experience it for the first time. It was really fun. And most people had a good time. They came back there and was like, okay, the V7 is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, the magazines all say it's underpowered, and no, it's perfect. It's It just does what it's supposed to do. And then the the big surprise is always when they do try to ride the four, when they ride the 1400 for the first time, <laughs> and they come back and they're just like, oh, that's fast. You're like, yeah, dude, you've been riding a cruiser for how many years? This is not the cruiser you've been riding. This thing is... This is not your father's cruiser. This is not your father's cruiser. (laughs) Yeah. If you're wearing a Harley-Davidson t-shirt and you ride this motorcycle, 
you're going to change, have a change of life experience. You know, your whole world is about to explode. The, uh, they're very quick, and they handle so well compared to cruisers in general. The, uh, I got another motorcycle for free. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, Suzuki uh, GSX-1100G or F. It's the shaft drive predecessor to the Bandit 1200. Really? Yeah, it had been stored. It had been sat for like 10 years. The guy brought it in, and uh, we warned him that sitting that long in that kind of moist, damp environment was not good for the motorcycle. Hmm. And I think he got the bike for free. I think it was like gifted to him. Yeah. So yeah, even after filling the motorcycle with kerosene and letting it sit for a long time and trying to gently wake it up, the number three cylinder was still, the rings were not freeing up. So, it would have been a very expensive repair bill. Very expensive. So, he just realized, he's like, you know, this is, the, this is the right time to cut bait. And so, we only had two hours of working on the bike to get to that position and, you know, be able to give him a good diagnostic and let him know where it was. And he just, he just came in and relinquished the title to me today. And so, now I got another free motorcycle that's, <laughs> that's free, but it's going to take... A lot of work to make it run. Yeah. <laughs> Free with a title. Free with a title. Yeah, exactly. But it's, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. I mm. was looking at the parts for that bike on eBay because that bike wasn't made for a lot of years. And that bike is definitely worth more money in parts than it is as a running motorcycle. Oh, really? It's a real good candidate for parting out because it's shaft drive and, like, the wheels and everything on it are pristine. Like, they're perfect. You know, the bike only has, like, 11,000 miles on it. It's in really good shape. Nice. But, you know, that's one that I see people paying on eBay, you know, $300 for a wheel. So, yeah. yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if, if, if you want to go into, like, to actually go through the process of parting that out, that's pretty cool. It is. And it makes sense because, think about it, if you own a motorcycle that's, you know, an oddball bike. Yeah. And they only made it for a couple of years, and you do need a rim because you, you're just dented yours, well, you're going to pay it. I mean, yeah, you, you're looking true. for that part. I mean, you're not going to find that part on your bike bandit type things and, you know, stuff. And Well, since you got the bike for free anyway. Right, exactly. It's worth taking the time to take it all apart yeah. and part it out. I don't normally like doing that, but it's a, it's a, a it would be a harsh candidate for re- rescue. It'd be, yeah. You'd have to really be committed to rescuing that bike. Uh, Road A... 81 Honda 900 Custom 10-speed. What? Yeah, we had one come in that needed fork seals and all this other shit, and brakes needed to rebuilt. And uh, the guy's dedicated... 10-speed. 10-speed, yeah. Yeah, 5 low, 5 high. So, have you ever ridden one? Uh, we no, had one in it, here that it, we were going to do... Is like Meckle No, no. We had one that we were going to do like a, a cheapo bike build on that we no, eventually... Yeah, I, we got I, rid I of it. didn't, yeah. Yeah, because it was a lost cause, but... I rode Mecklefresh's, uh, what, what was it? His was that C- a CT? CT? Yeah, the CT yeah. has got an 8-speed, because it's a 8-speed, four speed yeah, it's, it's with a, a low, speed, a low high range. Low. Yeah, high-low. Well, yeah. with that one, you can't shift high and low on the fly. you got to stop the bike, reach down, yeah, and shift it. Yeah, you got to stop and yeah. turn the thing. This one has two sets of levers for your foot. What? Yeah, yeah. So the bike has a normal toe shifter, like you'd have on any motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. But then, built kind of inset to that toe shifter, is a little 
uh, heel toe shifter. Now it's too small to be an actual heel toe shifter, but it's it's there. And what it is is when you it's ridiculous. Yeah, when you uh, when you run the bike, you can in any gear pull the clutch in and hit the to- the little baby toe shifter and select it to shift it from low range into high range. And how these work is in low range, first through fifth gear, you really can only get like a comfortable 65, 75 miles an hour out of the bike in low range. But sweet Jesus, it accelerates fast. <laughs> I mean, it is like it is like a 50% gear reduction almost in these gears. And the bike is frighteningly fast in low range. Now, you don't ever need to use low range. You just put the thing in high range and just drive it as a five-speed in high range. Hmm. And the... Uh, it's kind of one of those like answers to a question nobody ever asked. Do we need a 10-speed transmission motorcycle? <laughs> and uh, no, there's really no reason on God's Yeah, trainer. probably not. Yeah, and it still has that 1981, the 85-mile-an-hour speedometer, yeah. which is so pathetic. It just like, takes all the fun out. You're like, oh, look, my motorcycle goes to 85. Now, I'm sure it goes much, much faster than that, but the speedometer, you know, it was a simpler time, and we wanted to take away the... Very dangerous image of motorcycles. Look, this 900cc motorcycle goes 85. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, but it was a weird bike to go out and ride it like that. And, of course, because it was an 81, you know, CB900 custom, yeah. it has got that, I wish I was a sportster, or I wish I was a lowrider riding position. Yeah, it has a sportster. <clears throat> or as I like to call it, it's a tall lowrider. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the awful fucking tank. Oh, the awful tank. The, you know, it's an inline four-cylinder across the rails, but God damn it, we're still going to put a Harley-looking tank on it. And Yeah, it's, uh, like, it's like every CB3 uh, 650 ever. Oh, the CB, yeah, a lot of the CB650s yeah. had that like horrible... The CB650 could have been a great motorcycle, yeah. except for add that sportster. Yes, we're gonna make this into a cruiser, Man. yeah. And, and all then, we're gonna do it had that dick look to yeah. it. Yeah, all we're gonna do is like make the gas tank go at an impossible angle and make the seat go at an impossible angle and make it yeah. look like a swayback horse. And now yeah. it's a cruiser. Yeah. And unfortunately, like they not only made the tanks and everything go right. at an impossible angle, yeah. but they made the frame go that yes. way. Yeah. So you couldn't put a good tank on that. No, bike. you really. It was a very challenging bike to make look good. Yeah, you yeah. you couldn't like take that bike and be like, oh, I'm gonna make a cafe race around. No, no, no. I'm gonna put a like nice '70s CB750 right. tank. It's not on gonna it. happen. No, yeah. it's didn't, totally didn't work. not gonna happen. It would yeah. be at that pitch. Yeah, it's a really It'd suck. And you know the forks are a little longer than they should be. Yeah, and, like they are. the overall look is a little weirder than it should be. Yamaha made a couple of Maximas that way that were an inline four cylinder across the rails, but they were shaft drive. And they had like the five valve motor, you know. So it's a, it's a, you know, what is that? A twenty valve motor, yeah. you know. And it's, it's the same thing. It's like I got a low seat height, but I got a gas tank that looks like it was literally plucked from the wrong bike and just jammed between <laughs> the handlebars and the seat. And I, I never liked that look, you know. If the, if the seat looks like it's got stadium seating and the gas tank looks like. It needs to be filled vertically, you know, like, a, you know, that's <laughs> eh, not a good thing. They're, they're never a cool deal. The uh, the bikes just, the bikes were so cosmetically challenged in the 80s. It, it, ah, there wasn't, uh, a, there wasn't a good one. They're so bad. Uh, they were trying too hard back then. They were really, really trying too hard. The, uh, trying to, you know, trying to think about, we've been doing some playing around and, uh, 
I am going to uh, freely admit at this point that I will be hunting down a Yamaha XT225. Yeah? Because I got one at the shop that was hit by a car. Nice. And it was hit by a car, and, you know, the guy, the guy's doing all right, but the bike definitely had some tweaked front forks on it. But straightened it out and got to play around with it in the parking lot. And it's a fun little bike, man. That is such a fun little machine. Because it has the electric start, it's super lightweight, the motor's like a happy little motor. <laughs> it's a fun bike. Like It's a happy little motor. It is, man. That 225 <laughs> is just a good little motor, man. It just goes, goes, goes. And they, they're they really cool. And that's, uh, and that's a neat combination, because it's a perfect little street bike. Like, you can ride it every day as a commuter back and forth to work, and you can, you know, it's 65, you know, not a problem, 70. But if you want to go out and play in the dirt with it and go bust some trails... It's a good little bike for it. But the electric start makes it all worthwhile. Because then you're like, yeah. oh, look, I stalled it. No big deal. Yeah, the electric start is amazing. So cool to have <laughs> it. Like, yeah, so so cool to have the electric start. So, guys, your uh, homework for this week is to remember to go to Mods vs. Rockers. So, August yeah, August uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th here in Cleveland. Uh, do if it you're around, now. Do it now. Get, do make, it now. Make plans to go. Uh, that's your homework. The... Uh, the next big thing after that, you know, we are definitely... We're still trying to pick the right weekend for the Rusty Buckeye. We don't want to step on anybody else's event. That's not the kind of thing we're doing. I thought it was going to be, like, more towards October. It's third, like, third weekend in October kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, like, second or third weekend in October. It might be just the middle of October. Uh, that Because we don't want to step on Halloween either. You know, we respect people have their Halloween parties and I've, stuff. I've already got my bike planned for it, so... Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, re- I'm are ready. Are you set? Yeah, I'm ready for the rusty Buckeye. Yeah, I'm, she's sitting right. She's over sitting there. right over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's gonna do nice. I got a 500 Shadow that needs, you know, it needs some work. It needs a little bit of work. I'll admit it, but I got it running the other day, and so uh, it's a 200. And it's a 200 bike, and that back tire is not going to make it. I, I can tell you right now that back tire it looks so bad. And when I put air in it the other day. It's got mags on it, thank God. But when I put air in it, the valve stem itself just crumbled. (laughs) 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 You know, tires are important, but valve stems are important too. Those are also important. uh, When you're thinking about putting new tires on your motorcycle, valve stems are like a buck. Maybe two bucks. (laughs) Put a fucking new valve stem in it. It's not that hard to do. And... When I went to put air in it to go take it for a ride down the street, and it, as soon as my air chuck hit it, it just fucking went to shit. I was like, well, I won't be riding this today. This has now become a deadly dangerous bike. <laughs> so I'll be hunting for that. And I did have a customer come in. I changed some tires out for them, and they were the exact right size. Mm-hmm. And the takeoffs I took, the bikes, the wheel, the tires I took off this guy's bike, I think they solidly have at least 2,000 miles left in them. So they're perfect, and they're maybe two years old, so... It's a perfect set of donor tires for the Rusty <laughs> for Buckeye. Run. In the spirit of the Rusty Buckeye. For a Rusty Buckeye Even bike. my tires are free. Like, you know, we're going to try and keep it as cheap as humanly possible. And uh, it, it's just pretty neat. And if you're doing any work on... Uh, if you're doing any work on any of the old uh, Honda Shadows and stuff mm-hmm. that had the fuel pumps, uh, a big problem with the Honda, sh- the Honda Shadows is those fuel pumps are very expensive. When you buy them from Honda, or you buy them from Bike Bandit, or wherever you get your parts, I actually like Partzilla. 
Partzilla won't take your money unless they can ship you the parts. Bike Bandit will take your money and promise you some parts. Whereas Partzilla, um, the nice thing about Partzilla, if you had to use an aftermarket part supplier, Partzilla lists all the factory part numbers. Whereas Bike Bandit doesn't want to let you know the factory part numbers, so you can't shop them out. They have nice, you know, they have nice microfish. They have nice parts diagrams, but so does Partzilla. The thing is, the Partzilla will actually give you the real factory part number, so you can shop around and get it from a better location, or maybe call your local bike shop, because your local motorcycle shop loves it when you call them with part numbers. <laughs> Believe me, if they don't have to crunch and tick. And spend 20 minutes finding out what part you need, you're making them happy. Because, you know, I'm going to make $6 selling you a part. I'd rather not spend a half an hour finding that part. Go to Partzilla. Use their, use their part files and call your local motorcycle shop and buy their parts from your local motorcycle shop. They won't be so angry then the next time you come in and want to bullshit. You know, and waste some of their time. If you buy $40, $60 worth of parts from them... Go meet the guy at the parts counter and say, hey, you know, my name's Dave and I just bought these parts from you. That's really cool. Support your local shops. They'll support you. And Partzilla gives you the actual part numbers. So here's the trick. If you got one of those old bikes that relies on an electronic fuel pump. So electronic fuel pumps are rated based on how many liters or gallons per hour they pump. K&N has just come up with a line of virtually universal fuel pumps that you can use on those magnas, you can use on those interceptors. You remember what you went through with those that magna fuel pump? Yeah. What a pain in the ass that was. Yeah. Seriously. And how many did you have to go through to find one on eBay that worked? Um, it was actually only two. Only two. <laughs> only two. Right? And what did they cost? You, you bought the one. Right. And what happened? Were they cheap? Uh, they were cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, how they, about buying, I mean, <laughs> how about buying one for forty nine bucks? That's brand new in a box. That would have been the best thing. And ever. will work on twenty different motorcycles. That would have been the best thing ever. And it's tiny. Yeah. That okay. Would, that would have been perfect. Well, K and N, the people who make the K and N filters, K and N has just come out with a series of electric fuel pumps that will fit in any application where the old ones did. And they come with a couple of different nozzles on them, so you can put them in the bike you need. You can put the yeah. heads on. There are two wire hookups, so just like the you know the one that came out of it. And these things are like forty nine or sixty nine bucks. Your local dealer can get them through Parts Unlimited, and uh, they are really cool. They work the business. They're really neat. And what I love about them is you're not buying a two hundred and eighty dollar fuel pump. For a bike that might be worth four hundred dollars, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, you're getting a and it's a brand new K&N parts, so that's nice too. So uh, yeah, if you're getting if you're getting runability runability issues in your eleven hundred or maybe the front cylinder's not running, it's usually because you have low fuel pressure, and if you have low fuel pressure, that front carburetor's not going to get enough gas, and you're going to be thinking you had an electrical problem, but it's not yeah. an electrical problem. It's gas not getting to the front carb or the front carb is drinking all the your your motor's drinking all the gas in the front carb and it can't be replenished fast enough. So go get yourself a brand new fuel pump. Now these are rated by liters per hour. So look up your motorcycle and see what the demand is so you don't put a 40 liter per hour fuel pump in a bike that only needs 14 liters per hour. Yeah. Yeah, that would be bad. So that's our hot tech tip. So Boom. on on that guys, remember to drive fast 
and, and take, take chances. Actually, actually, under an hour. I know. Wow. Holy crap. Come on. That's an apology for all the times we went an hour thirty.